Hi, this is Janet Gallon welcoming you to another episode of Love Letters Live. And this this is so complicated what we're going to get here. I want to introduce my guest, Michael McHale. Michael, I'm going to let you just say hello. Hi, everyone. Now, I know you're an actor and you've got quite a lengthy, um, you know, list of credits, right? Yes, yes. What kind uh, of and- roles do you... What kind of roles do you prefer and usually take? Well, it, it seems like the my three ones that I get a lot are um, gay man. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> drag queen. That oh, one those are fun. Yeah, they're good. And uh, clown. I do. I that was my first job in L.A. was a clown. Is so I've right? done a lot of clowns. I say clown like at parties or circus or. Um, uh, at parties, but on TV and in uh-huh. movies, I've been, uh, I was um, Bobo the Clown in the Michael Jackson film for Lifetime back uh-huh. in 2018. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was kind of a sad shoot because I, everyone was sad on set oh. and they were like, you have to bring everybody up because okay. the scene well, was very sad. Cl- so, I think but, clowns have historically been very important for humankind. Absolutely. Forever, jesters and yes, bringing joy. Okay. I want to ask you something because, you know, I know that your acting career is um, wonderful. I also know that you have two complicated stories kind of running side by side. And if we could talk about those, let's let's talk about AIDS first, I guess. Absolutely. That's what brought me here. So that's that's a great idea. Okay. And to start off, I, I was kind of aware i'm not so sure that everybody is very um aware of the actual difference between hiv and aids yes um clarify that i think that would be good to do once and for all absolutely so according to the cdc this is their ruling um uh everybody has t cells in their body that fight off uh it's their their immune system most people have 1,300 to like 2,000 T cells that are always fighting, fighting, fighting. When and you have a, your it's like a wall in our body that fight off infections. And okay. uh, so when you have AIDS, you have less than 200 T cells in your body. Um, at one point, I had four. Oh, my god! And goodness. I named them Candy, Brandy, Sandy. And I, I read that. Candy. Yes. You are a yeah. clown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, But they had given me in 1990, they had given me seven to nine years to live. Even with that low T-cell count? um, I At that time, I only I had 300 T-cells. And I think it was like that was kind of like it was still in the new the new phase. Maybe I think AIDS was like in the teen years then um because it was 1990 and it was still a death sentence yeah Uh, there was no there was no treatment like there is now um and i said well i don't accept that you know it's like i have to be on love letters in 33 years so (laughs) i'm not accepting that when you say okay so there was no treatment so when you were first diagnosed there was nothing to do there was a treatment called azt remember that which all of my friends were on at the time Sadly, none of them are with us anymore. Um, my one friend described it as basically drinking Drano. Uh, 
it just it killed everything in your body. Uh huh. And we called it friendly fire because it yeah. it helped you. Like my one friend Michael Smith, who actually encouraged me to move to California, it extended his life maybe maybe three years, four years longer. Just uh, but he went through hell. I mean, we would talk on the phone all the time, and he spent most of that time, most of his life on the toilet, uh, sick from taking the AZT. Yes. Well, let but me ask, what happened longer. with you then? I, well, <clears throat> because at the time, and I still am, I'm very drug free. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. So they wanted me to take AZT. And I said, AZ, no, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going near that. No, no, no. So you never, already, you were never drinking or doing any of that. No, I, 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 I did drugs and, you know, I smoked marijuana in high school. I quit in the middle of 10th grade and I drank maybe six times in high oh, school. Well, that's, okay. I was like, eh, it, it, it bored me. I didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Okay. So, um, so I just didn't want to go down that path. And, and I had already seen my friends have a miserable life with it. And I just was, yeah, that's not for me. I chose to do comedy instead. I started <laughs> doing, I literally started to do stand-up comedy too. And we'll get it. We can get into that later and stuff. Cause that's part of the whole journey and stuff too. Really? That, I mean, I probably shouldn't be laughing. It sounds like a dreadful. No, no, no. But... Laugh. I want to make AIDS funny again. <laughs> I mean, it never was, but yeah. No. Uh, but, but I think it's important that people understand. So now, but when I understand the CDC is, I think they're changing what it means to have AIDS now because we have oh. all of the wonderful treatments now and stuff. So things are shifting. But is it is is the difference between AIDS and HIV positive the number of T cells that you're living? Yes, with? yes, okay. that's what I thought. Because I so I continuum. I never had um, I I had like I went down in uh twenty what was it ninety seven was the first time Mayan plummeted the most and it was uh two months after my mother passed away. Oh, so I attribute it to. It's definitely stress-related. Stress I think, I believe personally, all illnesses are related to stress in some way. But my mother was my best friend in the oh whole my. world. And she died suddenly. And um, and if, if she was only 50. Uh, she, had, she was pregnant with me when she was 18. And it completely knocked me down. So they were like, yeah, you have AIDS. So so from 97 until 2011, I had full-blown AIDS. For were you feeling horrible physically? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was exhausted. It was just lots of trips to the porcelain bus. Um, yeah. I, and I was losing weight. I was losing a lot of weight. Because I'm also, I've been anemic since I was two. Oh. I got that from my dad's side. Uh -huh. Um, so because we're Sicilian and it's a special, special Sicilian anemia. And so with the AIDS and the anemia, because of that, I've had a lot of blood trans, uh, uh, transfers 
Uh -huh. or what are they? What do we call that? Transfusions. Right. I've had many, many blood transfusions because of the two meeting and saying, oh, no, what's happening? So you so, spent a good deal of time in hospitals. Yes. From okay. the age, age two and up. I used to go, I used to every week, not every weekend, I think every other weekend, I would be at the Children's Hospital in Boston. And what, I, I guess it's a silly question, maybe, but what has kept your spirits so buoyant through all of this? What I would just have to see is terrible. Um, well, I mean, a, a lot of it has to do with my faith. I mean, I I became a born again Christian when I was 14. But even before that, I loved God so much. Oh. I would pray for everyone. I would, my grandmother would be like, what are you doing? And I would be, I would be praying for everyone in our neighborhood by name, by their apartment number. I just oh. have always had a close relationship with God. The first book I ever read was the Bible because it was on our telephone stand like most homes at the time, you know, it was at the bottom, the big white Bible underneath the telephone, you know, which people under 30 wouldn't get that, the rotary phone and the- So, so you were but, um, at a very young age. Did your family support this? Do they understand it? Oh yeah. I mean, the cat, cause I was Catholic until my 14th or 15th, 14th birthday. Oh, and then- And you then I went, I became born again and I- Somebody you know, invited you Spoke to me more. Yes, my cousin Debbie invited me on the the Sunday school bus, and I felt so at home. And I love, 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 loved it until I escaped when I was twenty. But that's a different story. Well, maybe, but <laughs> that seems to be all—they're all colliding. They're all connected. Colliding. Yeah. So, so would you? Well, where do you stand religiously now? You say you escaped. I well, I well, it, it turned out they. Uh, it, it, they ended up being a cult. Uh, I went with the oh, purest intentions. I see. Uh -huh. Yeah, the church I was in. Um, I personally, Jesus is still my best friend. I love my husband. He's number two. Jesus has been number one. So you, so you're with somebody. You're not alone. You're not. I'm. I have a wonderful husband. Yeah, oh. going on twenty years now. Oh my goodness! So not being alone is a wonderful thing. Yes, he's. There's been I. There's been at least 13 times when I've woken up like from dying from AIDS and he's sitting there right next to me, you know, waiting for me to wake up. And yeah, it's uh, quite, quite, he's quite an amazing man. I bet. Yeah. So I know and it's I not a story to tell his story, but is he yeah. AIDS free? I mean, he's not. Yeah, no, he he's just uh, HIV positive. He's never yeah. had AIDS, but he's had cancer <sighs> and he had a heart attack and he died five times from uh, heart, yeah, he he's has he has an amazing story, and he survived it all. He had lymphoma, and it brought him out to L.A. because he wanted to change. Thank God he came to L.A. I'm <laughs> almost that's, we met. that's not usual for me. Okay, yeah, just kind of drive myself back into being able to think. Um, yeah. so you, mm -hmm. to okay, you say you attribute this to your faith, but is there more to it? Are the doctors confused? Is anybody well, used, are they looking at you as a possible research? Well, therapist? when I, in, in 2011, that's when everything shifted for me. Um, I, I attended a church uh, and I still do off and on called Agape with uh, Reverend Michael Beckwith. Um, Oprah goes there, a lot of like high 
profile celebrities go there and we would talk about, you know, me having AIDS. And I would say, you know, can you, you know, pray for, and he would look at me and say, stop saying you have AIDS. And then I, I met one of my idols, Bob Proctor, who was in the movie, The Secret. And I spoke to him about it too. And he said the same thing, stop saying you have AIDS. Well, okay, that's interesting. So what, why? Well, because we create, well, this, this is how, where it gets really good. So in January of 2011, I'm in an acting class with my mentor and closest friend, D. Wallace, oh. um, the, from E.T. And I brought a friend into this class. I was so excited. I did my scene and she said, what the hell is that? And she went off on me and I was, and I started crying and I said, I just want to be a great actor. And then all of a sudden my body started shaking on stage. And I said, wait, wait, that's my problem. I keep saying I want to be a great actor. And every time I say that I'm pushing it away. Uh -huh. And I said, as a goal, I am a great right. actor. Is that right? Yeah. I uh -huh. said, I am a great actor. Yes. And then I said, but wait a minute. This has nothing to do with acting, does it? And Dee looked at me and said, you're right. Keep going. And I said, oh, this has to do with me having AIDS, doesn't it? She's like, you got it. Keep going. Why? And I said, I keep saying I want to be healed from AIDS. And she said, uh-huh. And I said, I need to stop that. I need to say, I am healed from AIDS. And she and so said- So is that why people were saying, stop saying I have AIDS? So yep, define yep. yourself differently? Exactly. So in that moment, in that class, on that stage, everything shifted. And I felt, I could almost hear like something turning, like, a, like another, like a, an understanding. And I went- I'm going to start saying I am healed. So I did it for two months. And after two months, my doctor called me and he said, I don't know what you're doing, but um, you don't have AIDS anymore. And I said, because I stopped saying I had it. <laughs> like I just stopped creating it. I stopped because I was very proud to walk around and say, yeah, I'm an AIDS survivor. La, 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 la. And I was kind of like a unicorn a lot of people I met never met somebody with AIDS. So mm -hmm. they were kind of like, ooh, somebody with AIDS. Let me ask you so, something. Do you know how many people, I mean, I, I I just don't remember. How many people worldwide have died with uh, of AIDS? Um you know? It's it's millions, but I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Um but you, you stand know, out. You stand out as a one in a million, really. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah, it's um, you know it, it's definitely uh forty like up to almost fifty million. Oh, you're looking globally, at it. okay globally have died from AIDS. Yeah, so so I was kind of like a miracle, and and I ended up going on the news. I oh. spoke at my church. I was asked to speak and and share my story. And Reverend Michael would tell my story all the time on on his radio show. And, you know, I have somebody in my church who overcame AIDS. And it really was about literally changing my story. <laughs> OK, because because I loved going around. I spoke 
at hundreds of different meetings and hundreds of places. And I shared my story of living with AIDS. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Would uh, even, hmm? Well, I was just going to ask, do you know if, if other people with AIDS have followed your example and benefited in any way, or that's hard to know, isn't it? I, I hope so. I hope that I hope people of any who have any illness We'll oh. just take it. And 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 another thing I did too, which is really fun, and I know I think you'll really love this. I a couple of years before I overcame AIDS, I was um working on a film, um, an Adam Sandler film, and people found out I had AIDS. I would bring like games on the set and bubbles and magic, and I would play while we were waiting to go in front of the camera. And people were like, you know, what can we do for you? At the time, I had 23 T-cells, so I mm-hmm. had a lot at the time. And they said, what can we do? And I jokingly said, can you give me a T-cell? And they were like, sure. And I jokingly took one off them as a joke. And then I thought, wait a minute, what if we could do this like in a visualization way? So I started a tea party where people would actually create the letter T for me in the most beautiful, beautiful way, like artistically. And I put it online and I got thousands of teas from all over the world. People I didn't even know a guy serving in like Iran or Iraq. He's like, I heard your story. Here's a tea, you know? And, and at the time I was doing environmental work at, at schools, at elementary schools and I won sixth grade class. I actually told my story of having AIDS and about the tea party. And I came in on the last day. Whew, I'm gonna, I'll never forget this. I came in on the last day and the teacher said, the kids have a surprise for you. She goes, sit down right here. So I sat down. And one by one, every child came up and handed me a drawing of a tea. Mm-hmm. And I had 300 kids come up to me one at a time and give me their own personal drawing of a tea. And I'm going to, I'll send you some of them because they're really beautiful. I'd like to see that. You know, this, I cried my yeah. eyes out. It was just But this amazing. touches on something else too, mm-hmm. as in modern life, you're saying sixth graders. Sixth graders. Yeah. They're like what, 10 years old? Yes. I think they were 10 or 11. Yeah. And, you know, for a 10-year-old, I mean, they should be, and it's lovely, to be mm-hmm. so sophisticated that they understand what AIDS is. Yep. It's just that they're so sophisticated in this and apparently comfortable in joining you in a conversation about it. In the healing process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, they I believe, because I would literally You wouldn't have found there. that in 1950, I'll tell you. No, no, no. But I would sit there for hours just looking. I have a whole book. I have five books full mm-hmm. of all the teas that people have made for me. And I would sit there and thank each person individually and go through them. And I would say, thank you for my tea. Thank you for my oh. healing. Thank you for my tea. Thank you for my yes, healing. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I, I want to kind of slide into something else because, you, yeah. I mean, the power, the power of what's written down. Yes. Is, you know. By me, it's there. There's nothing quite so powerful. No. And no. I want to talk about. Well, I am so largely about love letters and the power of letters. Yes. And can we talk about your father? Yes, absolutely. 
and because I read about this and it was so complicated and so <laughs> okay, so you go ahead. Yeah. So you didn't so know who he was. Growing, right? Yeah. So growing up, I never knew I never knew who my dad was. And what did your mother tell you? My mother, well, she um she would say, I don't want to talk about that right now. Okay. And and because of my grand, mainly my grandmother, she was very strict. She didn't want to create the drama of it either. Okay. So I wasn't, she, my mother wasn't allowed to talk about it. Um, so from age six to 10, when, whenever um, the doorbell would ring at the house, I would answer it. And if it was a guy, I would ask them quite bluntly. I would say, are you my daddy? Are uh -huh. you my father? And they would be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> One guy actually said, uh, I could be. I was like, what? <laughs> so um, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, no one in the family knew who he was. And then on my 18th birthday, when I was going to college in the Berkshires at the church, the church had a college, a Bible college. I got a letter from my mother. Uh, a love letter, a love letter from my mother. Really? And she so said, oh, she said, dear Michael, happy 18th birthday. She said, your father's name is Robert Hennessy. I don't know if it's EY or just Y at the end. His family is from the South Boston area. He was a truck driver for Johnson and Johnson. And that's all I know about him. And I'm sorry, I don't have more to share with you. And I your reaction you was what? My reaction was, I went and grabbed the phone book and I started looking up Robert. <laughs> I was so excited. I had a name. Now, I have a I question. Had a name. To ask you. That's, huh? a, that's kind of enormous news. Yes. I think would be best given in person. And yet you got it in a letter. Was there an advantage to that? Yes, because I it was written down. My mom, my mother was very um she was very quiet, very humble woman, very shy, with the most beautiful voice. She had the voice of an angel. Um uh so I think this was easier for her because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been home until Christmas and my birthday's in October. Me and John Lennon have the same birthday, and my buddy Tony Shaloub. Yeah. Uh, October 9th. So my, um, you know, she knew she wasn't going to see me for like two months uh -huh. and it was my birthday. So it was probably the greatest birthday gift she could have given me. Really? Was his so name. What, what happened following that? Because I, there was another shift, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I spent the rest of my life, you know, I would call every Robert Hennessy that would be around the age, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. excuse me, you couldn't really tell then because you just had the phone book, but I would go through the phone book and I would call. Um, I talked to Robert Hennessy. Do you know Ellen Sue Garvey? No. Okay. Did you work for Johnson and Johnson Trucking? No. Okay. So if they didn't work for Johnson and Johnson Trucking, I knew that wasn't them. Right. And if they didn't know, well, they could have forgotten her by then. It would, what, 19 years later? I don't know. So I went through this process for many, many years. Um, I had a couple of close calls right before I moved to L.A. 
I met a very cute guy at a bar down the street from my home in the north end of Boston. And we went to his little van and we talked and we made out. And then it was like, his name was Sean. And I, and I was like, you know, what's your full name? And it's like Sean Hennessy. And I'm like, wait, what? And I go, I'm Michael Hennessy. Cause I, uh, by, let me back up in 88. I changed my name to Hennessy. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Because I really liked that name. I thought sure. it was a cool name. It is. Yes. And uh, my family name was Garvey. I grew up as like the baseball player. Uh-huh. Steve Garvey is actually a cousin. Um, so I grew up with Garvey, but I liked Tennessee. I liked how it sounded, you know? So, um, so this guy and I were like, wait a minute. And he had the same spelling, everything. He goes, who's your dad? And I go, well, I've never met him, but his name is Robert Hennessy. And he, and he goes, I have an uncle named Robert Hennessy. I said, is he a truck driver? And he said, actually, he is. And I went, really? I'm like, hold on. I go, would he be about this age, you know, trying to base mm-hmm. it out of like my, and he goes, yeah. And he, and he looked at me, he goes, you know what? You actually look like my cousins who are like 19, they're twins, and you kind of look like them. And I'm like, I have twin brothers? And he's like, yeah, and, you know, and there's three sisters. You kind of look like them. It could be. And, I'm, and I got really excited. I was so like, what, did what, I happened, really... what happened to change that? So, so he, I gave him my number and he said, I will talk to him about you. And if he wants to be involved, I will call him or I will call you or I'll have him call you. So for the next six months, I waited by the phone for Sean Hennessy to call me. And he never did. He oh. never called. So okay. I was heartbroken. I was yeah. like, maybe that was him. I don't know. So, but I still, over the years, when the internet came out, I was on there looking up Robert Hennessy's, making phone calls, sending emails, um, going to people's homes if their name was Robert Hennessy. Um, I've... I, I need to apologize to oh. all the Robert Hennessy's that I have, I have, uh, you know, tried to get in their lives. The suspense um, is killing me. I know. So in, so in 20, 2016, my husband gave me the ancestry.com kit oh. for Christmas with a beautiful note. And he said, I wish you all the best of luck in finding out who you are. Mm-hmm. And I was crying. I just bawled my eyes out. And I did the mm-hmm. thing. I did mm-hmm. the spit. And two months later, I get the results back. And um, the first person that popped up was a, a gentleman named John McHale. And I sent him a note and I said, are you in a relationship to Robert Hennessy? And I got an immediate, no, no relation. So I thought, eh, he must be related on my mom's side. So I just swipe left and I just put him, you know, away. And and I started hitting all these other people who I knew weren't from my mother's side, from mm-hmm. the Garvey side. Mm-hmm. And nobody was related to Robert Hennessy. I went through hundreds of people on there and everyone was like, nope, no Robert Hennessy. So now... Flash forward to um, the weekend of Father's Day of 2020 during the pandemic. 
there's a lot of downtime because we're all sitting at home. <laughs> I get an email from this guy from Ancestry saying, who's John McHale and who are you? Why do we have so much DNA? What's going on here? And I thought it was spam. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to ignore that. So then on Father's Day, two days later, on Father's Day, I put out a YouTube video called Searching for Robert Hennessy. I put it out every Father's Day, hoping that somebody will see it. Um, I, I made it like six years ago, and I put it out Father's Day. And this woman sends me a message on Facebook, and we're not friends, so it goes to spam. But I get a notice that she emailed me, and she says, I just watched your YouTube video looking for your dad, and I think we need to talk. And then she sent me a my high school photo, and I sent her a message back, and I'm like, why are you sending me my high school photo? And she replied, oh, no, that's my dad's high school photo. Oh, my goodness. And I went, what? So you found so you found him. So well, she said my dad's name is John McHale. And for the first moment in my 31 years of looking for my dad, I was like Hennessy, Hennessy, Hennessy. For the first time ever, I thought maybe my father was in a Hennessy. So, you know, the only reason I'm I'm kind of wanting to move yeah. ahead is because Zoom is going to kick me off in eight minutes. But go oh, ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, so, no, so so I um so I um we chatted for two hours on Facebook oh, and we did. spoke on the phone. She contacted, you know, my dad and it turned out the guy who tried to contact me on Friday was a baby brother that oh, nobody my. else knew about either. He's 20 years younger than me. And, and so in, you know, in one day I went from being almost an only child. Cause I do have a half brother on mm -hmm. my mom's side to being the oldest of seven. Oh my. <laughs> like in one day. Goodness. Like, and you've been in touch with all of them and their family. Yes. We did it all over zoom. And then a year later, when we got the vaccines, I went and surprised them oh. in April of 2021. I surprised each and every one of them. I filmed them all. I'll send you the videos. I'd like to and see I it. surprised every single one of them and uh, was like, I'm here because they're all in Boston. They're all in New Hampshire and Boston and Revere. And the day I met my dad was one of the most incredible days of my life. It just, everything really? shifted. He's one of the most, he's one of the goofiest, uh, handsome oh, so devils. All right. Well, that's uh, where we get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh he's and I changed my name to his on December 3rd of 2020. Well, I, let me ask let me ask you something. I, you know, I I usually say if you were to write a love letter now, who would it go to? And the power of letters is like built into your story, the one that your mother sent you. Yes. Have have yes. you you know, you talked about when it's in writing. Have you ever written to these siblings or your dad? I wrote to my dad like oh, right good. away. I wrote okay. to him and I sent him photos of my mother. I sent him photos of me growing up and okay. I hadn't talked to him yet. He didn't want to talk to me or the other son yet at the time. Okay. And oh, then in okay. July, 
Yeah. It's like a month later, my sister called me and my sister Kim called and said, I'm with dad. He wants to say hi. Uh, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He, he gets was- on the phone. And the first thing he says to me is, Michael, I'm your father. Oh, so oh he Darth Vader me. That was my first conversation with my father. He oh. Darth Vader me. So- and then I didn't know what to say. So I Chandler binged him and I said, I love you, man. Oh, so you I must, didn't know what to you say. Feel, you must feel really complete in a new way for the rest of your life now. I, I am. I am. All my siblings are amazing. And then I found another sister a year later. My goodness. So, well, I, I want to thank you for doing this with me. This is just absolutely. so up, up, uplifting and mir- miraculous in so many ways. Don't give up. I had A's. They said no hope. I couldn't find my dad. They said no hope. Okay. And, you know, and it's don't, don't ever stop. You, you know, you I mean, me, send me pictures of your siblings and of your dad. Absolutely. Abs- oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. Thank you. Dear. Today, today's the three year anniversary where my baby brother met my other three siblings. It okay. was three years ago today. Okay. okay. I, I want to really yeah. be in touch with you again. Absolutely. I want to see pictures and Thank you. This has just been, I don't know know what to say. It's been just great. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Glad we met. I am going to be like uplifted. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye, dear.